Welcome to our weekly Wednesday Shir. Upcoming Yotzeit this Friday. Erev Shabbos Kedish. Mishitarach Erev Shabbos. Echel Shabbos. Yotzeit of Eb Sholem. Havachoser Eb Sholem. Ben Yeshua. Ironically, it's also the Yotzeit of Yeshua. Ben Siyali Melech. Father and son, and if they're on the same yard site. <coughs> and in my own family, it's the Anishmas, Avachosad Rav Yisrael, but Rav Pinchas, also yard site this Friday. We'll have an Indian yard site. Why do people fast on a yard site? Also, it's not yet the outside, the Nishmas, Atanabas, Musli, and Gabriel Yaakov, and Gabriel Melech, Allah Vashalom, and the brother of Chaim Tevim, Biyam and Yayetz Shiachia. First, we need to understand what is a Nishama, what is a soul. For 70, 80 years, the Neshama wears and tears just to do a favor for another. HaKadosh Baruch Hu takes, the Al-Trebi explains in Tanya, Chelik Elikam, a part of himself, from under the Kisah HaKavid, and sends this down into a Guf, a Guf Chumri, a Guf Gashmi, a physical, mundane, body in a mundane world. Coming now from Levaya, Rav, Chosid HaMashpia, Pinchas, Rav Yeshua, Zal, from the Babish we would say, Zatzal, he would definitely be said Zatzal about, and who everyone's life was touched by. I just said now, someone posted a typical opinionism. He writes, I was pushing my twins on the on Kingston Avenue, which is the main street in Crown Heights. As we were walking up, one of my kindalach, swinging his fisola, swinging his foot, or her foot, and kicked the bag of a person walking by. And the man said, I bent, leaned over and I told my child, say sorry. So the bearer of the bag, Refpinya, turned around and said, I'm sorry my bag hit your foot. Don't need to tell a different story of Refpinya. The Mesidus Nefesh, the bitter Gehenim that he went through, is it, was he a Benini? Very, very likely. The way he davened, the way he learned, 
his Kabbalah sale, his Ibingem kite to his students, devotion, dedication, Alitata, and seventy. His Fabrengans. Need I say more? Should there be a Shiva, end of Shiva gathering, should there be a Shleshim gathering or a Yatsid gathering, I'm sure you'll hear hours and hours of people fabringing and talking about Rafinya. Nobody's going to tell you, oh, he was such a tzaddik. They're too busy telling you how phenomenal this person was. How caring, understanding. Selfless. He didn't matter at all. He didn't matter. Chaman al-Tzan. They had a fire in his house. It was not. Shaykhavikayim, look at me, save me, help me. His wife, his children. If Pinya, I just want to tell you, there he couldn't scream, middle of probably 2,000 people outside 770. And that's. July 4th weekend coming up. Nobody's here. The street is packed. If we ever sent up a chassid to bang on the doors, bang on the windows, bang on the shutters, and to tell Mashiach he's got to come now, if there was ever a chassid that went up there to tell the Rebbe, Rebbe, how much longer can you leave the chassidim like this? You are the ultimate candidate. I wouldn't have asked you to go up just for that. <laughs> but on you we can definitely rely. Don't leave us here high and dry. See to it that we have this Kaldus Melech HaMashiach today. Before they finish the Kvura. Yad Sides though. Yad Sides of Rav Shalom. Yad Sides of the Zayda Yisrael. Also, indescribable people. People that were out there to do with Mesidus Nefesh, where the Mesidus Yisrael was out in the woods of Europe during war, shechting, making sure people had kosher flesh. Or whether it was here in Brooklyn, Borough Park, making sure people had kosher flesh and chicken. By my youngest son's bar mitzvah, the Rabbi Rabbi Eckhaus is saying stark, stood up and said, my, grand, my son is named after my grandfather, and he said, Rabbi Yisrael, when I grew up in Baropak, he said, 
Everybody knew you wanted a kosher chicken, you went to the Mishraim. He was a sheikh, a sheikh, a shemaim, a chazan, a composer of music, also. Never stood there in his pride and glories, etc. Recently in the family circulated one of the people, one of my cousin's wedding albums. See the Zayda Regal. Not a very tall fellow. His smile, the joy he had by this chasana. He wrote music, not for fame, I don't know if we can say for pleasure. He wrote music to inspire, but after losing his wife and losing his son, my grandfather suffered a stroke. And I've told this story a million times. But Baruch Hashem recuperated and got home, was brought home again. And his welcome home gift, the family bought a speakerphone. That was a rotary phone, but it had a speaker on it. No, I think it was push button already. Had to be, it couldn't be rotary. It's push button, and it had a speaker, so that you didn't have to pick up the handset, which was attached with a wire to the phone. I'm sorry if anyone thinks I'm living sci-fi or in, in the history books. It's not that long ago, friends. What else was on that table? a card with a bunch of phone numbers for all the different shiurim that you could get on the phone. Not online, everybody's saying, not online. On the phone. Dial a shir. The other side of the table was a pile of svarim, the books, that matched the phone numbers. They weren't color-coded. He didn't need that. But he would dial this shear, take out that safer, open it up, or Apfus would probably open the safer and dial the shear. Well, he could have learned it by himself, but he sat, he enjoyed listening to a shear. Whenever you'd come upstairs, that's what he was sitting and doing. And this is his enjoyment in life. But, if a child, Enochel, came with, with his children, or her children, boom, he would turn off the phone and just sit and stare at the children or talk to the children. Um, it wasn't a man of many words, and after the stroke he wasn't speaking that clearly anyway. He spoke pretty clearly, actually, even Davin, I think, for the Ahmed still. But the children are here now, Stop the world. Children are here. And this is a very, very powerful, powerful lesson that he gave us all. 
Halavai, we should all keep to. We should understand priorities. We need to prioritize our lives. And obviously the first priority, the utmost priority, is our children. Grandchildren are considered children. So when they come, and they want to talk to you, when they tap you on your shoulder, on your arm, and they call out to you, don't get lost in your phone. Sitting and staring and texting. Don't get lost in your thoughts. Hold, control, delete everything. Stop and listen to the child. This is a message from Maizeda. <laughs> he used to be pretty tough on us. During, when we were in his choir and we were doing practice, he played around. He wasn't very pleased. He voiced it. We used to run away. We used to jump behind the couch. And when he would voice his disdain, our grandmother, Shalom the Bab Miriam, used to come to our rescue. Came Thursday night, Friday morning. After davening, Shabbos Friday morning, I guess. With the greatest of Kabbalah soil, he sat down with I don't know how many potatoes and sat there peeling potatoes for my grandmother who stood there grating the potatoes and then stood there frying the potato kugels for all the children. Children used to come, they used to pick up kugels for their children or he used to uh, sneak a little bit while you were there. He didn't ask any questions. He never sat there saying, Mariam, is it enough? Nah. Still she said, stop. He peeled. The Kabbalah sale. Reb Shalom ben Abishua, on the other hand, not on the other hand, the other hand means it was something different. I spoke in the beginning by Hishleshim, I spoke on Lashir, saying the devotion and dedication that he had to see to it to help people with mitzvahs. I would venture to say that to where he had plenty of customers for his Dalad Minim, he also had side door customers that he knew couldn't pay and couldn't anything and he would push one out the side door for this person I won't publicize it because I don't know it's for sure first of all and I won't publicize it because I don't want people to think that his son <laughs> his son has to do the same um, I don't want people to think that there's a line on the side door somewhere where you can pick up free Yisraelim but this is a typical thing what he would be doing. He would do. I'm not again. I'm not. I'm talking about Lufthansa, as we say. I off my head. I just could see him doing things like that. 
hearing or knowing of a certain ani that could not afford an asik. You have to also understand this is the beginning when he went as a business. You didn't have every street corner with the two, three tables of kids selling a sregim for five, ten, twenty dollars. There was Bashat him and another one, two, three, Sachin, whatever there was, whatever his competition was. And that's where people went. They went hopping from the three, four, five Sachin. And they handled. Obviously, he knew that he had to give a price higher because it's going to go down anyway. Picture yourself, Rabbi Yisai, in that predicament. You look at an Esrik, and you reckon, I'm going to get $300 for this Esrik. You're almost calculating what you're going to buy with that. What you're going to pay for with that $300. Or with that profit of that Esrik. Kum Tayid, Afayin Ayid, Ashayin Ayid. And he likes the Esrik. So fine. There's a good reason you like it. It's a beautiful, perfect essay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Viva Viltia. And you smile and you proudly say, Give me dry. Dry hundred dollars, three hundred dollars. Machrabesa, price. And he would haggle and haggle and go down to, he'd say, two seventy five. And he would say, no, two, I'll give you the most, 290, and I'll take it 280. No, you have to do 285. And they would close at 285. And then the person would say, okay, I want, there was no dairy, the love me those days, but I want the best clothes, you know, the most beautiful lulav. Mister, I just gave you a bargain. You just took from me 15 bucks. Now you want a free lulav also. And then he wants Hadassim and Aravis too. Altsin Zel Mukhajm. Most people, this is my livelihood, my friend. Your plush is sucking me out. You're sucking me dry here. So obviously, he was a Seicha, he was a businessman. He had a head in the shoulders. And I'm quite confident and sure that the Chathila, he gave a price that he left him room to bargain. But there were plenty of times where people took to a different level. The guy came in, he bought four or five at Shreigim today, he wanted this, he wanted that. And there was no choice to cut a corner here and to cut a corner there. So you, my friend, or myself, what would our reactions be to that? Obviously, customer service, you can't say anything to the customer. But in your deep heart, in your deep, in the depth of your heart, what would be your reaction? After all said and done, you're packing him up, and he wants an extra shopping bag, <laughs> and he wants a nicer box. I will tell you though that was not what? That was not the reaction of Rabbi Shalom. 
Shalom was a chosid. Shalom was a maimon that he will make what he has to make. Shalom served the most elite of people, the finest of people, Rabbanim, Rebelech, Rebis. And there was a hide behind him. There was a glory behind him of doing this. But he wasn't it wasn't a zealousness. He didn't salivate of how much money he's going to make. How do we emanate that? How do we cause ourselves to be able to be Teichei Kibarei? And what is so important about actually being Teichei Kibarei inside and out the same? Let us turn to this week's Pasha, Pasha's Pinchas. Although we need, still need to talk about the three weeks. We still need to talk about Hilchas Beis Abchira. We still need to talk about Shabbos Mevarachem Achidish Menachem Ov. His next Shabbos is Achidish Ov already. Let us turn to the Pasha though, and we have a pasuk reiterating the story only a few weeks ago that we read in the Teda. Udasim Vaviram Kriyeda Sherhitzu Es Almeshe Val Aron Bal Askerach Seisim Al Hashem. And talking about again and they stood up against Meish and Aaron and how the earth swallowed them up but the Pasuk ends the children of Kerach did not die. Why? Why is this mentioned in this whole episode where the Taylor is bringing it up only because of Bnei Ruvain receiving their land on this side, on the other side of the Yardin and since Dalsim came from there just mentioning their names. Why the end line and the children of Kerach did not die? Sons of Kerach. And Rashi explains that although the earth swallowed Kedach's sons together with him, there's an elevated area set apart from them for them underground, and they stayed there. They stayed in the highest, higher point of Gehenna. And eventually, they were allowed to leave and rejoin the community. Rashi also adds that was Kerach's sons had in fact been from the original instigators of this whole rebellion they were spared. Why? Because inwardly during the conflict itself 
they regretted what they had done. And they contemplated doing tshuva in their heart. Amazing. Amazing. How do you know Kerech's sons were so involved in the conflict? It's only logical to note they survived when he names them as the, names them the descendants of Kerech. Among the Levim, who would enter the land. But instead, the Tater comments, Kerech's sons did not die. Where? Exactly by Das and Vaviram, with their leading role in the rebellion. And thereby indicating that Kerech's sons also played a crucial role in inciting this conflict. So that being said, tells us the Teda, Ubnei Kerach Lemesu. The sons of Kerach did not die. Why were they not punished like everyone else? Ultimately, they did shiva, at least internally. But when you looked at them outwardly, you looked, you saw a, a rebellion just like everybody else, a revolutionary like everyone else. This shows us the great power of tshuva. Kerach's sons not only took part in his fight, in his, in his battle, as we said before, they were from the original conspirators. They pushed an egg demand to do this. And although they knew they were wrong, they didn't openly say, you know what, we made a mistake, we're walking away. They saw it through nonetheless. But they had a havamina of tshuva in their hearts. That itself was sufficient to save them from dying with all the other instigators. And therefore their families merited to enter the land. It's brought down was called Nosen Balaveda. Nosen the sinner. Nosen, so that's how his unfortunate fame was. There was no limit to his Avedis. There was no stopping his Avedis. He was consistent with his Averis, the sins. One day, Ibn was tempted. Was tempted by an Avera Pshi. First class Aveda. He hasn't pulled one off like this. And he refrained. 
He refrained from doing that. His kishkos were burning to do it. But he held himself back. The next day, you know, one or less, Rabbi Akiva was walking the street. As Rabbi Akiva was walking the street, he sees the Sibnosan, and there's a halo over his head. His face is shining. And Rabbi Akiva asks the Midim that with him, do you see the halo over this person's head? He said, no. Says, Call him to me, please. He said, who is he? He says, Nosen Balavedis. He is the Jew that does all the sins that are possible to be done. Something here is different. And as he came to him, he says to him, what have you done? He says, what have I done? Averis. Averis. You did Averis. You did something different. And he says, honestly, I'll tell you, yesterday, there was an Aveda that really tempted me. I was really on fire to do it. And I didn't do it. Kiva said, that restraint that you held yourself in from doing that Aveda, that has given you Elam Haba. The halo above your head signifies, symbolizes that you are going to have a portion of the world to come. So that Akiva to him, since I see what kind of Rishama you really have. I want to sit and learn with you. And Kachava. Rabbi Akiva sat and learned with him. He became one of the Tamid Rabbi Akiva. Became a very, very big Tana. Just by holding oneself back from doing something. Refraining from impulse was already a mitzvah. As we see here, inward remorse was considered teshuva. What do we know? What do we see? What do we understand from outward Appearances, occurrences, or inside within us. But we do know one thing we need to be very, very careful with each and every word that we say, each and every action that we take. 
A love in a trade is like coin. You may not take revenge. You may not even seek revenge. You may not plan revenge. All this falls into the same category. Because you need to understand whatever happens, happened, is all from Hashem. And as it comes from Hashem, we need to accept it with love. This therefore is Mekirach Lay Mesum. What actually happened in the beginning of this Pasha? Pinchas ben Allah ben Arakein, Pinchas the son of Allah ben Arakein, Heshivetz Chamosimal ben Yisrael, he turned my anger away from Yisrael. Bekanez Kinasi Vesechem, and he zealously avenged me amongst them. For the Chilisis ben Yisrael Bekinasi. In order that I do not destroy Bnei Yisrael because of my zeal. At this point in time, a deadly plague had broken out amongst the Eden. Thousands of people were dying. Zimri, the leader of the tribe of Shimon, publicly took a Midianite princess and brought her into his tent. In front of everybody, Moshe, Lazar, Zikainim, everybody witnessed Zimri's brazen act, but they were all at a loss how to respond. Little Pinchas, the youngest of them all, neither a leader, an elder, nothing up until that point. But he remembered Moshe taught him, what is the correct response to such a thing? As the Gemara in Sanhedrin, the Gemara says, "Kareina de Ignisa Io Lahali Pivanka." You see, something has to happen. You don't wait for others to take care. Take take it by the horn. You do yourself. And Meshach taught this to him. And he brought the, the same, very same law to Meshach's attention. The one who reads the letter, be the agent to carry it out. That's the literal translation. Therefore Pinchas went and entered into Zimri's tent. And he witnessed Zimri actually sinning with this non-Jewish woman and killed him. And immediately the plague miraculously stopped. People stopped dying. And God rewards Pinchas for his zealousness. Bris Kahuna Salem, internal covenant of goodwill. And Kahuna. Bris Sholem and Kahuna. Not only for him, but for his descendants as well. Rashi takes this whole episode and says. The incident of the golden calf, Moshe successfully confronted at the time 600,000 people, and all of a sudden here he was helpless. This happens so that Pinchas would come and take what he had coming to him.
the Kohana. This story of Pinchas teaches us that at times we cannot look solely to our leaders or instruction. In this instance, where the leaders of Khmeran lack of clarity was divinely orchestrated, why? To allow Pinchas to rise up to where he needed to achieve. Just because the Gedalim, the Gedalim had there, sitting quiet, didn't mean that you had to sit quiet also. This is talking about something that's happening right then and there. Whereas if you know something from the past, something that happened once upon a time, and now it's bothering you today, and brought to your attention, or you know about it, whatever it might be, it's not yours to stand up and to try to conquer and to try to make it good and try to make amends or try to punish the person that committed the crime or whatever it was. Everyone is charged with a spiritual mission. Part of Pashat, this is how Akash Baruch created the world. Everyone has a part that no one else could fulfill in the world. And therefore, the fact that nobody else is nobody else is taking initiative to do this doesn't make it a reason that it shouldn't be done. But need yourself to understand if you are actually the messenger and the right person to fulfill this message, to fulfill this mission. Someone just sent a story of opinion, famous story. <laughs> opinion only hit one child, probably ever. And that was his child. And uh, the person writing it says, "I get. You could probably guess who it was. His youngest, little Pesachia. He was standing with a bunch of boys, uh, throwing things at birds. Pesachia told him to stop. He told him again and again that he wouldn't stop the boys. He wouldn't throw. He wouldn't do the chasson. Very idle boy. So Pesachia said, "If you don't stop, I'm going to tell the Rebbe." He didn't mean his teacher. He meant the Rebbe. They told him, no. No, you won't. And of course he said he will. But they didn't believe him. Mm-hmm. The Rebbe came out of 770 on the way to the library. And Psachi went over to the Rebbe and said, the kindlach varfin shtein of tifeglach. Children are throwing stones at the birds. The Rebbe looked at him and smiled. And the Rebbe said, And the Rebbe carried on to the library. Just like Bekriya Samsov, the children also 
threw breadcrumbs to the, the birds. Arib Sakhir then told the Rapinya that he went over to the Rebbe and Rapinya slapped him and said, you never approach the Rebbe on the street. Poignant story, powerful. Its own message. Melech Basada, we talked to a Melech Basada, but this is a different, different scenario entirely. Pinchas, as we just said, took initiative in front of Meisha, Eloza, and the Zikna Yisrael. And they said, Wow, what kind of chutzpah do you have to do that? And Pinchas answered, he was the youngest of the bunch. He said, Did you not teach us that way when you came down from Asinai? Kanoim Pegimbei. Kanoim, step up. This Allah, Kanoim Pegimbei, is very, very limited. And it says, the Gemara, if you keep in score at home, this previous Gemara is brought on Sanhedrin, Pebez, and Meralev. But the fact of what we, how we need to use this, Kanoim Pegimbei, is Gemara in Erevin. Zayin Amralif, and also in Beya, Chavches Amid Beyes. And the Yemara tells us, Halacha ve'ein meirin kein. The Halacha is yes, Mokam Sheinish, you step up, etc., etc. That's the Halacha, but ve'ein meirin kein. We don't do it. It's wrong. No one has a right to stand up on their own to do things. To, to, blaspheme somebody, to scream at somebody, to hurt somebody, no one has a right. How had Pinchas asked if it was allowed to do what he did to Zimri, he would have been told no. Because Bezin can't paskin and say the person needs to be killed for such a thing. But we didn't ask any questions. It was such a severe chil Hashem, the secretion of God's name, the flame of zealousness that was burning within him, he lurched forward and killed Zimri. He did what needed to be done. From here we could learn a special lesson. Sometimes there are situations, the daily Israel are quiet. Don't tell us how to behave, as we just spoke. This happened in order for to get the Kohuna. Do something that's not really straightforward. However, when you do do something like that, and you do do a, a zealous act without proper authorities, without Rabbanim, without Tera telling us, 
it's very dangerous. It's not walking on a steel bridge. Person sometimes, though, unfortunately, has to sacrifice himself for Elmazah. But he needs to remember very well that even in such a case, he needs to do according to Tata itself. In this case, Pinchas, even though Allah have a made in Cain, the Allah is that way, we don't give that way. The din of Kanayim Pagan Bay is Allah Tata. But the Tata says, Allah have a made in Cain. We don't have to do that way, don't act that way. We live in this Kufa where the world's on fire. Where's the Fidik Rebbe? When we look around us, we see hundreds of thousands of Jews that are Rahman al Islam detached from any remnants of Judaism. And they stand in the greatest, gravest of dangers. Spiritually. And this time, we don't have to sit and make Cheshbenis. Am I the right guy to go out and put on film with this person? Am I the right guy to go and tell this person to go and keep Shabbos, to keep kosher? After all, I could be sitting and learning at this time. We don't have to go ask it of, should I leave my safer and go save a fellow Jew? This is called Kanois Chayuvis. Kanois for Avas Yisrael, for love of a fellow Jew, not to attack a Jew, not to hurt a Jew, not to blaspheme a Jew, not to curse out a Jew, to help a fellow Jew. And then was Eche, Pinchas Elio. Pinchas being Elio will come and will be Mavasir, the Gula meets the Shneim of Mehed of Yemenu, Mamish Amen Kain Yidatsu. Another halacha that takes place in our Pasha is the story of the Benayi Tzlavchad. The daughters of Tzlavchad.
זו הסטוריה בני סטפחד. ורחמנא ליצלן, the father, for whatever reason, died. And they say straight forward, he wasn't part of Kerr's crow. He wanted to teach the Yidin, his Mekeshation, whatever he did, whatever reason was he died. He stood there to teach a lesson to Kal Yisrael, so that they should keep Shemir Shabbos. Now, they had no brothers. And therefore, there's inheritance, according to the laws of inheritance, of the parts of land in Israel, would only go to a son. And if there's no son, what happens now? We're a bunch of girls. And Rashi explains that their words of Bnei Stavchad meant to say our father did not involve himself in any kind of sins public sins like the sins of the Mislaninim Bechikus Kedach Bechete Levadeimais he died of his own sin he didn't make anybody sin with him what was the sin? Rashi brings down two things as we said before Rabbi Kiva says Rabbi Shimon says he was from the Ma'apilim Why do they not specify what the sin of the father was? Because keep it up. If they would have said, this is the sin my father did, can't talk about another person, especially not your father. It would have been a bazillion. It would have been an embarrassment. They said though, that the worst case scenario, the Mislaninim, or the Kedach, there he was not. Mainly you understand for yourself what exactly his sin could have been. We still need to understand why Bechlal did they even think of knowing what the sin of Salafchad was. The daughters Tainid they're Beseechment had its own feet and hands. It didn't need anything else. The mere fact they had no brothers. And therefore they're asking to get their father's inheritance. Why do we care how the father died? Nostravchat said, when we left Mitzrayim, Akhajbaruch said, Vaitsi Eschem, Vaitsi Eschem Alarit, I took you out of here and bring you to the land. Every one of you will have inheritance. So everybody had this haftacha, this promise. The Dera Midbar unfortunately lost this. And therefore, Gosh Baruch Hu took the schus, Yerusha, to the other children. The ones that not necessarily came out of Mitzrayim. Where the daughters come into the play. Their father was promised as well. And he didn't sit with, he didn't sin any sins that are tied with not going into Israel, to the Holy Land. 
Bechet Oimes, Zonsin. So therefore, he should not have lost his chus for Yerusha. And so much more so, his daughters are not punished, are not reason to be punished. Why should they be punished not to have? Therefore, the Machlik is the Bekiva Reb Shimon. says, Bekiva always, I'm sorry, was always, his, he, he always looked for Schusim on Yidin. And he said, The Chet I was, Chil Shabbos, Mekesh, Eitzim Haya. This is a Chet Prati of each, or this particular person, a singular sin. And also, this happened before Matan Torah even, so it wasn't really so severe. Whereas the Rishimim holds that you have to tie in between the sins and the tie of the son of the daughters. Reb Shimon says the sin has to fit to the daughter's taina. Therefore, according to his opinion, we appealum are you? What were the appealum? They gave their own lives for Eretz Yisrael. They went to try to enter without permission. So, therefore, the daughters definitely had the rights to Yerusha. The fact that Akash Baruch accepted the tainas. The daughters of Slavchad proved right the greatness of their strength, of the tshuva, just like the Messias Nefesh of the Mapilim, merited that the daughters should get a, have a Yerusha. Same too, by Tikkun Sibas HaGolos, fixing the reason for this Golos, the Sinaschinim, the terrible fighting and, and horrible things that plague among us through breaking all this and finding peace benenu shalom be Yisrael shalom and chasidim shalom with true avis Yisrael not something fictitious not something made up not something that someone decides I'm the one that has avis Yisrael this guy did an Aveda that he doesn't He's not a Yisrael, he doesn't deserve to be loved. To break that stigma and to have true Aves Yisrael, Shevesachim Gam Yochad, and through that be Niske, Mehera, Ligula, Mitzvah, Shema, Yedei Mashiach, Kenu, Omen, Ken, Yehidotzin. We want to turn a little bit, a few minutes, to Hilchis Beis Abachira as we try each year. To give a little input from the Navi, a little input from the Mishnayis, a little input from the Rambam. We're learning about Yecheskel, how Yecheskel, the Malach, gives him a royal tour of the Bayes of Shmishi.
during the three weeks in his later years last few years actually last year was COVID unfortunately he got sick and now he passed years prior to that he used to give in 770 from 7 to 8 it didn't matter to him if there were 20 people sitting there if there were 3 people sitting there Kabbalah sales 7 to 8 he gave the shir the three things he always went according to the Mitsudas. Sometimes he used the Pirush of the Radak. Rechavel doesn't talk about the ale itself, it's about the doorways, the doorposts of how the things, how the entranceways walk, worked. That's why he adds again, Rechavel, the words, when he already measured and told us how big it was. The Mishnah's Midas, he always found it very funny. The fact that if a lady was caught sleeping, they set his garments on fire. If you heard the Kailas from the Midas, he said, What was the screaming there? It says a, a lady that fell asleep, and therefore they're burning his garments. And Mishnah Bays of Pedic Bays. This is a lifelong lesson, he says. And he learns from here that when we go to an Arnike, we go to, to, to Lila Teda, whatever we go, we go from the right, we come down from the left. We go to Kedusha, always on the right side, and we go away from Kedusha, as we do with our Tvil, and take off our Tvil and Sharesh with our left hand, because it's hard for us to do it. We don't want to take off the Tvil. Here's the base of Chira, the Rambam, a stone that was chipped or barzel that was touched by iron. Generally, you're not going to chip a stone with your fingers. You're not chipping a stone even probably with another stone. Maybe. Generally, it was chipped by barzel. Tells us, Nifkima, an Evan, something that's as hard as stone, but it's Pogum, it begets a mark in it. Or if Chasushalom, someone goes through with iron to go towards the stone of the person, the mocker of the person, the Mizbeach of the person, and this makes the person puzzle. May we be Zecha to learn the Hilchas Beisabchira. To see to it and to live it, Mimheira, with Melech Hamashiach, this Shabbos, Shabbos Varchem Mechedish Av, and we have next week, we'll talk about Mechedish Av and the Dinam of the Nine Days by another. Shabbat Shalom to all.